I have known Bill Hodgson for way too long. Uh, It's over 30 years. But my goodness, when I first met him, spiritual principles for multiplication. The Bible has answers for discipleship. There is a reason and a purpose Jesus did what Jesus did. And global church movements has popped out of the reality of all of those things. So we think we are, wow, what a privilege. I want to welcome you, Bill. I won't say any more, let you do the rest. But uh, welcome, Bill Hodgson. Thanks, Gary. I think I've switched this on. Am I on? Hello, testing, testing. I'm coming. I'm here. Good. Thanks, guys. I uh, apologise. I didn't even go up the back to get this before the service started and suddenly we're sitting down the front and Gary goes, I think he was saying, you are crazy, but uh, we're wired. My privilege to be here, I have known Gary and Tracy for not too long, just longer than we're going to disclose here. Um, And um, we have uh, done ministry together uh, as he's been a pastor in different places and he was my pastor at Mitcham Baptist for a number of years before he came here and that was a real real treat and delight and uh, love these guys dearly. Um, my wife Faye and I uh, work with a mission called Power to Change which is a part of uh, an international mission called Campus Crusade for Christ or in some countries called Crew and uh, I have a role that is involved in working with churches in Australia and I also have a half-time role that works as part of our global team, just trying to coach, mentor, raise up leaders uh, in different parts of the world that have a passion to see Jesus known through the local church, through ordinary believers who learn how to gossip the gospel, how to become disciple makers. And so this morning, I, uh, I actually... I woke up this morning and I had that nagging thought. Anyone who's been a speaker will understand this. When you've done your prep and you've got it in the can, you've got your PowerPoint ready to go, and you wake up in the morning and the Lord kind of says, I don't think we're going to talk about that this morning, Bill. You say, we're not having this conversation, Lord. We are not going there. Um, But we went there and as a result, the Lord won. And so I'm trusting that the simple principles I share this morning will actually land where you are and that God will move your heart. What I want as an outcome this morning is that you will realise that, that Jesus is here present. He's actually active. That The fact that Jesus is alive is not just a doctrine. It's not just a big idea. It's not just a crazy revolutionary idea that's changed the world. It's true. It's a reality. It's a real thing. And that means you can experience the living Jesus. There's a big difference between knowing and knowing, right? You know what I'm talking about? You can know up here and have no experience here. So because Jesus is alive and well in Townsville, and he is hungry to reach out and touch people's lives, uh, we're going to have a little look at how can he do that with you through your friends. So that's where we're going. My wife sends her greetings, uh, other commitments this weekend, not able to join us, but uh, we're hopefully we might be able to get up here at some point in the future and enjoy um, 
you as a church together. Um, Lord, this is your idea. We go here this morning, so you better come through. We ask your Holy Spirit just to move our hearts, open your word, and Lord, inspire us to what you want to do in us and through us with the people that we know. In Jesus' precious name. Okay, now, I drive this thing. I've got to point it the right direction. The big button, thank you, that works. So let's think about how do you discover God with your friends. Now, I know you as a church have had a whole series on um, reaching your neighbours, right, and the people in your world. How do you love those people? How do you be an agent of God um, in the networks that you're involved in? So let's, let's go there and have a, a bit of a look at this. Um, where do I point? Uh-huh. Now, I know Gary is setting me up here. Am I supposed to turn something on? <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know if I can do that every time, okay? <laughs> How are people connected today? Let's think about this practically. How are people connected today? What's the way that people networks work? Because from the time of the Gospels, the experience of Jesus has travelled through relational connections, right? It still does today. And when I'm talking to people, our teams that are working in whatever country in our organisation, India, Indonesia, wherever, uh, it's one constant. It's that it's people networks that the Gospel travels through most powerfully Information can go in other ways, but transformation happens through people networks. So how are people connected today? Well, typically, here we go. You really want me to? Okay. Uh, guys, you just advance it if I'm uh, doing something wrong here. Um, we often think of it as a bit like this, because we have Northreach Church here, and then we think of the people who are connected to Northreach Church, the church people, that's you. And then we think of um, the non-churched people who are kind of around Northreach Church, which might be, you know, the, the wider suburbs of Townsville. Then we think of the, you know, the, uh, the far non-churched, people far away. And we have this very, when you look at this diagram, you could describe it as geocentric, right? It's kind of about distance, as in um, geographic distance, now, we plan this way, so we have a lot of come activities. Come here, come here, because that'll bring the people in who are close. Close, right? Um, and the people who are far, we think, oh, gee, we're not sure what we can do to reach out there. So maybe we go on a mission trip. Um, but we think of far and close based around geography. Is that how relationships work? This is more like it is today. Post-postmodernism is tribal. I know, how many posts can you put up there? It's like a fencing contractor. How many posts are we going to stick in this? Um, Post-postmodernism. It's, it's tribal. People, I, I greeted a few people this morning as I moved around, and I, I, in that brief time, I found people have come from all over the place. People aren't all... Locals, fourth generation born and bred in Townsville, I'm a local. People have come from all over the place here. 
And so in post-postmodernism, it's no longer the idea that you just you're planted where you've always been. It's a bit more tribal. When you get to larger cities, and Townsville is one of those, and you get to the more even complex cities of you know, Melbourne and, uh, and Sydney, and we all know Sydney's always had a complex, right? Um, then um, it's even more tribal. The more complex, the more people go to tribes because they can't connect with everybody. And so it ends up in looking a lot more like this. It's not one pond and you can just drop a rock in the middle and eventually that, those little ripples will just go out through the whole pond. It's not that. It's this bubbles or many ponds. And each of those social bubbles is where people do life. Uh, one of those bubbles might be um, uni. Might be mum's group. Might be the, 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 the prenatal clinic. Might be the, you know, the, uh, the, the fishing club. Could be the, the RSL club. Could be the, the whatever. People do life in their social bubbles. The bingo group. Um, it could be uh, uh, the cyclists. It could be the people who are trying to shut down the cyclists. You know, we, we have, um, you know, the anti-lycra brigade. In other words, we, we do life in social bubbles. And those social bubbles have a cohesion. There's something that holds them together, that defines them as a bubble. There's a we. We do this. And there is a network that happens there. Now, this is a challenge to the old come model because it means in a social bubble, someone could be literally next door to us geographically and a universe away socially. And there's no way they're going to cross out of that bubble into this bubble because why would they? It's just invisible to them. That's not my tribe. That's not where I do life. And so it's very hard for the gospel and the message to transfer across that distance because that's a, an immense distance, even though it might be geographically very, very close. On the other side, though, those people connect regularly with others who may be a long way away simply because their social connections brings them very close. Could be family, could be friends. I was talking to someone yesterday, forgive me guys, I can't remember who it was, and they were talking about the people in their network and some of them are in Melbourne and Sydney and they were people they went through uni with. They're still connected, miles away. But socially, we are the guys that went through uni together. Is this making sense? So here's a question for you. What bubbles are you in? Because the good news is socially... Um, connection, sorry, social connections uh, doesn't mean that all these bubbles are far from church because there are Christians. We do life in these same bubbles, don't we? What are you a part of? And God has got his people in these little social networks. So if that's the case, that uh, followers of Jesus are already engaged in some of these places, already have these social connections, our friends, our, our colleagues, uh, our family, our, our uh, fellow cyclists. 
um, then what does this require of us as a church as we think about mobilising for mission? So I want you to think about this. What different mission approach does this social reality require of us? Take a minute and talk on your table. How is this reality, how does it challenge our typical approach to reaching out to people? And, and what's it require of us as a new approach as a church? Three minutes, go for it. Great to hear the buzz out there. Let me pull it back in. I tell you what, you guys are into this. Often I'll ask the question and there's this deathly silence out there apart from the two people who are always going to say something. But this is live, right? You guys are, people have got bits of paper out. We're already mapping this out. I'm impressed. So I reluctantly um, pull you back together here. But if that's the social reality, we need to have a way of mobilising our fellowship that, that lives in those spaces rather than says, you know, leave your bubbles, come over here. Now, first, let me suggest, as well-meaning as it might be, the answer, I believe, is not that we, we need to give everyone flyers so when they get there, they can actually hand them out in those social bubbles. That's good, but that's not a mission solution, OK? Because <laughs> the bubble is still strong. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, 39, um, in response to people's questions around uh, Pentecost, when they're saying, what the heck is going on here, as the Holy Spirit was poured out, um, Peter makes this statement. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, that's Acts 2.22. If you jump then down to 38, it says, because they're saying, well, what do we need to do? If Jesus is uh, God's representation, if he's God in the flesh and he impacts our lives, how do we meet Jesus? And um, Peter goes on to say, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Note, the promise is for you, your children, and for all who are far off. It's interesting when you think about this in terms of our bubbles model. He's not talking geography so much. He's talking you, your children, and all those people you care about. Everyone who's out there through you, to your children and all those who are far off. Of course, it can also has a geographic aspect, but the connectedness is relational. Um, next one. So the reality from the book of Acts on is that Jesus, which has shocked all of the authorities, they thought that Jesus was done and dusted, right? Literally. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But he's not. He's back. And he's active and he's doing stuff. Only now they can't find him because he's doing stuff through everybody who's a follower of Jesus. Like, how do you shut that down? And Peter is saying that this Jesus, he's alive and he's working and these changed lives you're seeing, it's, it's Jesus who's doing this. The living presence of Jesus 
and the active involvement of his living presence through his spirit in real lives, real lives meaning not people like them, meaning people like you and me, that's the living pulse of the New Testament. It's all about knowing Jesus, the person. Really, it's all about knowing Jesus. Next slide. Now, what we see is a kind of a common pattern. I'm going to tell you a few Bible stories. You know them. So I won't be uh, sort of unpacking every passage in detail. But if you think about it in the Gospels, let's see how people encounter Jesus. Mark chapter 1. I'm just going to read you the story. You, you, in fact, I'll retell it for you particularly. Jesus has shown up in the town of Capernaum. He's uh, called a couple of his followers to step up and learn to do mission with him, to be fishers of men. And then it says um, he goes into the synagogue. As soon as they left the synagogue, where some interesting stuff happened, um, he went into the home of, of Simon, of Peter's home. And um, there's a problem. Dinner's not being cooked. It's like, what, what's happened? You know, got the preacher with me. Wow, sorry, mum's, mum's not well. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, Jesus. Uh, no dinner. Uh, mum's not well. Of course, she wouldn't have been cooking on the Sabbath because she was a good Jewish lady. You would have had it cooked the day before. But um, there's a problem. There's a need, right? Jesus hears about the need. So he says, well, I'll go and pray with it. He goes and prays with Peter's mother-in-law. She's restored. She's healed. Uh, now, it's not just like, well, isn't that a nice story? Look at what happens next. That evening after sunset, because that's the end of the Sabbath when people are allowed to move around, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and the demon-possessed. So, so when was that on the agenda? Well, this is a social bubble. News travels in the social bubble. When a need is met in the social bubble... When someone has a real experience, not a theory experience, someone has a real experience, news goes. So the next door neighbours are thinking, oh, we've, we've got a need. So they bring their people in. And it says the whole town was gathered there. And if you go the next morning, the next morning, right, it's not just the whole town. Then it says, um, everyone's looking for you. People had come from further afield. How do they know? Well, I guess they saw it in the nightly news. Must have been SMS messages. How did news travel? News travelled by word of mouth, by foot. Who does it go to? The people I care about. The people in my social extended social network. My friends in the next town. Or oh, my, my mate's got somebody. And so people are coming. So what's the pattern? There's an encounter with Jesus around a felt need. There's an experience of, there's a touch of God, use whatever language you like, but that Jesus addresses that need and somebody's aware of it. They make the connection, it's Jesus, it's not just coincidence, and they go and, they go and tell other people. And why wouldn't you? Think about in the book of Acts. Actually, we'll, we'll, we'll go, go one more in the Gospels. Um, Jesus on his way up to Jerusalem and uh, Zacchaeus, right? Well, let's go before that. Bartimaeus, blind man by the road. Son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. Bring him here. Everyone's saying, be quiet. Bring him here. 
They bring Bartimaeus. What's Jesus ask him? What do you want me to do for you? The question is saying, what's your need? Where do you want me to intersect with your life? Oh, I'm blind, I can't see. And Jesus addresses that need. The guy is ecstatic. Everyone's amazed. And then he follows Jesus. He connects it. I'm going to follow you. Did everyone follow Jesus when their needs were met? Well, no. Not everyone makes that connection. In fact, some people got really, really angry when they saw that happen, right? They thought, this has to be stopped. Zacchaeus. What's Zacchaeus's need? Got plenty of money, he's healthy, he's wealthy, not really liked. What was the miracle with Zacchaeus? How did Jesus meet Zacchaeus' need? Just loved him. Loved him. Gave him time and attention. Ate at his table. And Zacchaeus' empty heart was a relational and it was a, a, a love need. And then Jesus declares, surely salvation has come to this house. And Zacchaeus' life has changed. And everyone in his network, because there was a lot of people in his bubble, everyone else is impacted. So this is the pattern. In the Gospels, the book of Acts, it's the same pattern that there is, an, there is a need. There's an encounter with Jesus through someone who's a messenger of Jesus. And there's an invitation. Would you like me to pray for that? And then, not, not all the time, but more often than, you'll be than you would expect. You'll be surprised how often. There's a, an experience of God touched my life and met that need. And that changed life then is either connected to Jesus and, and other people here or it's not. Now, next slide. Here's a simple pattern. A daily human need. And somebody asks Jesus, would you like me to ask Jesus, can I pray for you? The person has a personal experience of the love of Jesus in their life. Sometimes it's dramatic. Sometimes it's, it's kind of like a Zacchaeus. It's like, wow. But they, goes from here, someone telling me about Jesus to like, I don't know what happened when you prayed for me, but, but things changed. And then they either connect it to Jesus, yes or no. And the unthinkable becomes thinkable for some people. Some people have said, I don't even believe this stuff. But at that point, when they experience the touch of God, they have to rethink. What if this is Jesus? What if this is real? What if he not just met my need, but if he can continue to change my life? And they either go, yes, I want to know more or not yet. And then they're released to share this with other people. I can remember a teenager that somebody prayed for in one of our outreaches. One of the guys reported back, we prayed for this girl because she had stress over this particular issue. And as we prayed for her, uh, uh, she just said like, wow, you know, I, you never know. Um, but this person uh, said, I don't know what you just did, but I could feel it. Something's going on. And they said, well, that's, that's the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus. He loves you and he cares about you and he's available. You can talk to him, you know. 
Straight away, she's on their WhatsApp to a friend. You won't believe this. Really weird. <laughs> so sharing, social network. But it begins with a felt need of a real person in a relationship with someone else who can just introduce Jesus in that setting. Okay, fast track it. Let's land this. Next one. So here's what I want to challenge you with. Because Jesus is more eager to be doing this than what we are. I usually find he's like, come on, Bill, catch up. And I'm like, all right, Lord, here I come, you know. It's, it, he's, he's wanting to do this. So very, very clearly, uh, next slide. He's very, very simple. Your social bubbles. We talk about this as a daisy. If you think of this diagram, you write your name in the middle and then you, on the pedals, what are the social networks you're involved in? Your gym, your school, your extended family, that mum's group, the four-wheel driving club. What are, the, what are the social, where do you do life? Who are your people? And there's different social bubbles. And they're not all living in Townsville, right? Some of those social bubbles have extensions. And then you list those people that don't know Jesus. And then you start to look, say, Lord, show me what you're wanting to do in their lives. What are you doing in these people's lives? Who is ready? Who are you moving with? And then as you love those people, as you pray for those people, and as you show care and compassion with those people, listen for needs. And as someone shares a need, then you can share some aspect of your story where you've seen Jesus address that in your life. And then very simple, we say 15-second prayer. Gary, would you like me to pray for you? You know, I'm, for me, it's Jesus. I find that makes a difference. Can I pray for you on that? The person may eventually say, yeah, okay, whatever. I've tried everything else. Sure. And then 15-second prayer, not religious. Not, you don't go churchy. Your voice doesn't change. Oh, blessed heavenly Father, let me pray. Forget. No, no, no. Forget all, the, all that stuff, right? Real. And your eyes open, you just say, Lord, I know you love Gary, whether he knows it or not. He needs help in this area. Will you touch his life that he will know that you love him and that you will do what he is asking you to do? Amen. And Gary says, that's it? Say, yeah, what else do you expect? And, uh, well, the truth is Gary's not expecting anything, right? Because he doesn't believe. So when something happens... Gary then has a problem. It's like, what the heck just happened? You prayed for my job and it changed. You prayed for this need, something happened. I have a sense of peace that I didn't have before. The hairs, whatever it is, I don't know how people experience an encounter with God. But second, next slide as we land this. Here's the point. See, these social bubbles are all connected. These daisies, they're all linked. Because when Gary experiences a touch of Jesus in his life and has to wrestle with this question, what do I do with that? His network is very likely to hear about it all and he's connected to all the people in his daisy. And everyone in his daisy is the centre of their own daisy and this can be a chain that goes out. Next slide. So we, we summarise this in a very simple little frame of reference on a coin that we call our my friends training 
And I'm going to leave you with this. Round the edge, love, pray, care. A posture of us loving people, being an expression of Jesus' love as we love and pray and care for people. And then we're constantly, the circle bit is we're seeking to share the difference Jesus is making in our life. We're inviting them, can we pray for you? How can we pray for you? What do you need God to do in your life? And if and when they experience a touch of God in their life, if by nothing else than the fact that you are the only person in their entire world that prays for them, when they experience the love of Christ and the reality of Jesus, then inviting them, would you like to know how you can know Jesus in a personal way? And then you can gather them into a group, whether it's Alpha or whether you do a DBS or whatever, and you can help them discover Jesus. Next slide. So truly following Jesus, understanding and embracing our sentness, Northreach, I want to leave you with this thought. Who are the people that God has already placed you in connection with in those bubbles in which you do life? Can you map them out on your daisy? Can you start to pray for those people and look for the opportunities as they share needs that they have? Would you be so bold as to give it 15 seconds and say, can I pray for you on that? And then just invite Jesus into that space and let him do the rest. You don't have to promise anything other than I know Jesus loves you and he wants you to know him. Can I pray for you? Are you with me? Let me try it again. Are you with me? Okay. I encourage you, this afternoon, you're going to have a whole community in here, hopefully, packing the place out, tramping mud through it. Lovely mess, right? Lovely missional mess. And we want to know that those connections, as you meet people, write their names down, be connected, start to pray for them to love them, that they might experience the touch of Jesus. And my prayer is that as a church, uh, the daisies represented in this room will start to chain out and out and out and that the gospel will spread from this place as people encounter Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the fact that um, we don't proclaim a doctrine. We don't proclaim a, an idea. We, 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 we're talking about a person. You are present with us your holy spirit is indwelling us lord help us to give expression to that that reality that people can encounter you in simple ordinary everyday ways around their needs and that they will know that there is a living god that loves them and that they can know you more and we ask that you'd use us in jesus name amen thanks team